Welcome to MI Live, a podcast from Macros Inc., where we talk about how to make your nutrition and fitness goals realistic, achievable, and sustainable. All right, let's get to the show. We are back. I love that intro music. It makes me feel very, like, snazzy. That's because you created it. What can I say? All right, guys. So we are back. Where are we? Ah, so welcome back to another episode of MI Live, where we talk about how to make your nutrition and fitness goals realistic, achievable, and sustainable. Uh, as always, I'm Jay Woith, and with me is Dr. Brad Dieter, PhD extraordinaire, as you can see <laughs> right there by his by his name. Uh, that is a nickname from me, not self-imposed, just if anybody is wondering, we will clarify that one. Uh, if you guys have any questions while we are going over, while we're talking, uh, just ask away. We'll get to everything while we are, while we're live. Um, if you have questions and can't attend one of these live, just make a post in the Facebook group, message me or Brad, send us an email, something we can uh, absolutely get to your questions at, you know, pre-questions for our show. It's not a problem. But with all that being said, let's jump into our very first topic. And our first topic today is, if I can get a button, our very first topic today is, we're oh, so today we're talking about fat. Let's talk about fat, baby. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about you and me. Like that one? Did you, did you call me fat? P-H-A-T. Okay. Pretty hot and tempting. Oh, my God. I didn't think you needed to explain it. <laughs> you didn't think what? I don't think you need to explain what P-H-A-T means. I think everyone ah. knows at this point. But Sometimes you got to be a little extra in life, Jay. Okay. okay. Um, so let's jump into fish oil. So. Uh, let's let's start with the easy with the easy one, Brad, and that is how much fish oil should you take today? Take in a day, and the easy answer is three to five grams of fish oil per day. Um, Correct. That is the easy answer. But but if we break that down more, what's the actual? What would you yeah. say? The actual the detail answer. Yeah, the reason you take fish oil is to have uh, basically enough or an adequate amount of two very specific omega-3 fatty acids. Um, they are DHA and EPA. So for the, the nerds in the audience, DHA stands for docosahexaenoic acid, and EPA stands for eicosapentaenoic acid. And these are just types of fatty acids. Um, they're long-chain omega-3s. The omega-3 just means that there is a specific bond in the carbon at the third place. Omega-6s are at the sixth place. That's what the omega stands for. But it just means those very specific fatty acids have very distinct functions in the human body. Um, and we don't manufacture enough of them from our diet if we or our, just our body in general unless we consume them. So they're generally considered an essential fatty acid. And how much – now, I, I think that fish oil is, is one of my, my favorite – supplements to talk about and i'll go into why in a second because i think it's like the perfect human solution for things um it's it's like the perfect american solution for things and i love it That's so true. so how much dha and epa in our three grams of fish oil per day should we be getting um you want to aim for really roughly around one and a half grams of each um you probably want to have a little bit more dha than epa so I think the recommendations we have on our website are 1.8 grams of DHA and 1.2 grams of EPA. 
Yep. Um, but if you're like right around that one and a half, you're, you're pretty close. Yeah. And, and here's why fish oil is one of my favorites. So what is, there's a, the balance, the, a natural non-Western, a traditional like primate or human Prime. diet. I guess, I guess it would be primate. I don't know if that's the, I mean, I know what that, the primordial. Word. I don't know if that's the, the word I'm actually looking for though. Um, the, the traditional diet, non-Western diet, what's the omega three to six balance that we want? Is that a one to one? Uh, so that's actually, this is such an interesting topic. Um, and maybe I'll come back to that in a little bit, but really the closer you are to one to one, the better. Okay. Um, That's that's where I was getting at. Yeah. So, So, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brad. Oh, no, go ahead. What, what are we, what are we typically like? What's the typical American diet at? Isn't it something Uh, like one to one to 11? Uh, I think it's closer like one to 16 to one to 20. Okay. The average United States American. Yeah, I guess so, if you live in the United States, you are American. The yeah. average U.S. citizen. Yeah, <laughs> an average American diet. So, yeah. but and and that's why I think it's it's interesting. Instead of saying because it's hard to cut out, like it's it's which is the easier change? Is it cutting out the sixes or is it just bumping up your three intake? And it's obviously bumping up your three intake is the easier one. Yeah, you should it, have both. Don't get me wrong, but I just think it's such a such a uh, like such an obvious like people no just instead of cutting down, we cut down a little bit, but instead of making these drastic changes, just bump up your three intake. And I, I think that that's yeah. such a, it, it, it's such a reasonable solution. Like it's just, it's just a logical solution. Like, all right, let's cut down a little, but instead of making drastic unsustainable changes, let's just add in three, three pills that are, or that like are natural. They're not pharmaceutical pills and yep. bump up like that. That's it. Um, so what are the downsides to being in that, to, to being in that one to 16, one to 20 ratio to having that high omega six to being out of balance like that? Yeah. So there's, this is kind of where it gets very interesting. Um, so generally speaking, what we know about omega six fatty acids and omega three fatty acids is the higher your ratio of omega six to omega three, kind of the more. Um, pro-inflammatory kind of your circulatory your circulating fatty acids are kind of the more pro-thrombotic so the higher clotting risk you have um, things like that now this is one of those really interesting pieces about science that is just strange in the fact that this whole idea like everybody knows about the omega-3 to omega-6 balance as far as i am aware this fundamentally boils down to two or three review papers that were written by this guy named Simopoulos um, that like made the rounds and became very popular and just kind of became like nutrition canon, right? Like, oh, you, you got to fix your omega-3 to omega-6 balance. And it wasn't really based on like a series of really good hardcore like epidemiological experimental mechanistic data. It was like, Hey, here's some things we know about these things and how they may function as like leukotrienes and thromboxines and all the like downstream things that come from the omegas. And then let's just extrapolate that out to the diet. And then this is probably what's happening. So that's really based on these two big review papers, which is really interesting. Now, oh, only on two, like that's <laughs> yeah. On, and, but that's on the omega three to omega six balance. But there has been a absurd amount of literature on omega three supplementation. Um, in health improvements and a lot with cardiovascular outcomes. So um, either cardiovascular risk markers like uh, triglycerides, 
uh, insulin sensitivity, CRP, cholesterol, all those things. We've done a lot of like risk markers. Um, and then we've also actually done some like primary and secondary cardiovascular uh, prevention. Huh. Sia interessant. Very interesting. Was that German? Yeah. The German. Ah. Yeah. Das war der Deutsch. Das war das war's Deutsch. Yeah, my German is my Deutsch is schlecht. My German is bad now. Uh, all right. So, if if people want to learn, read more about omega three and omega six balance. Where can they go to find out more information on that? They can go to NutriWiki.org and then just do a little searchy search in the searchy search bar for fish oil. Fish oil, NutriWiki.org, or you can go to MacroZinc.net slash NutriWiki slash fish oil. Um, but Is there a hyphen in between fish and oil? Fish, oh yeah, HTTPS semicolon forward slash forward slash MacroZinc.net forward slash NutraWiki forward slash fish hyphen oil forward slash or just NutraWiki.org and go to uh, fish oil. I forget, I, I forgot that this is also uh, an audio uploaded podcast sometimes. And I just <laughs> think about there being a, uh, there's a cat on my lap for the audio podcast now. Um, <clears throat> I forget that sometimes I have to read things out loud. So <clears throat> Brad, if somebody's looking for, somebody's like, I don't, still understand i get it but i don't get it or what other i mean in my opinion raising your omega-3 to balance out the six is like it's one of those it's an actual nutrition hack right we always hear about i'm biohacking like this is an actual like to me it is like like we're kind of cheating the system here but in a really good way yeah if people are looking for other (laughs) tips and tricks and things like that or they're just they're just confused by navigating the waters where where could they go to find some help with that uh, the best place would be to go to macrozinc.net and sign up for our nutrition coaching. So one of the things I think a lot of people don't think about is nutrition coaching is not just, hey, here's how you lose weight. It's you learn all of this stuff along the way, right? So it's mm-hmm. like we 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 kind of like do a lot of education to empower you. So by the time you're done, you kind of have all this information on board. It's a lot like the, the matrix where you like get your brain plugged in and all of a sudden, you know, uh, jujitsu. Um, mm-hmm. it's like that. Yeah. There's Pretty a, much like that. I agree. there's a cat, right? I don't know if anybody can see that in my corner. There's a cat down there and he's just walking around. He's old though. So he, he just does what he wants and doesn't, he, yeah. he, he, he gives no, no Fs about life. And I didn't swear. Do you see that? I didn't swear. I censored myself appropriately. We don't have to put explicit on this podcast now. Yeah, no, I, I, I did it. I was, I was nice. I didn't. And I, I, the only reason I did that is I read an article last night about how to increase your, your, your natural views on YouTube. And that is to minimize your cursing because they translate it live and check for that. So do you think they're going to translate your German into cursing? <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> so let's jump into our second topic here. And our second topic of the day when we're talking about fat is our minimum fat intake. Oh, actually, hold on. We have a question. Yeah, somebody commented just great. Just ask somebody in our group, in our Facebook group. And if you're not there, just go to Facebook, search for Macros Inc. And you'll find the uh, 160,000 person Facebook group. Um, but somebody just asked, um, in our group about fish oil. And so this was a great way to come up with it. 
So, <clears throat> so we have our minimum fat intake. So I think the, the first question is, is there a, is there a highly researched number that people, that human beings need to be at for a minimum daily fat intake? We have no idea. We have no idea. Is there a general idea or is there just some ideas are better than others? There's no consensus on it. No, yeah. it's like, bah. do we have to have fat in our daily food intake? Let's start there. What happens if I, can I, can I go with zero fat? Like, let's say, obviously it's, it's very difficult to that. You'd have to try, but if I did, if I went with zero fat in my diet, would that, you, you could survive for a while. Okay. Um, one of the problems would be if you had no fat and high protein intake, you would get what is called rabid starvation. Uh huh. Um, and then that causes a lot of problems. So if you're getting no fat and a lot of protein, that could be a very acute problem. Um, mm-hmm. This is a cute problem. I have a cat on my lap. This is a cute problem. You <laughs> get it? Does have his cat. I know. Yeah. I have to remember that when I make these like funny faces, people on the podcast won't see me. So these awkward silences where I'm making like hand gestures. Yeah. Won't work. Um, but no. For those of you on the podcast, my cat, I've had it since I'm 35. I've had this cat since I was 18 years old. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he's old. He's old. He's an old man. No, but yeah, so we don't really know. Um, <clears throat> so part, yeah. part of it is like you have such let – let me back up a little bit. So we have carbohydrate stores in fairly minimal amounts, right? Like we have – the average person has like roughly 500 grams of carbohydrate stored in their body. Now you mm-hmm. have circulating glucose, but like – stored glycogen let's just say 500 grams on average mm-hmm. um protein you have an amino acid pool that's available i want to say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about 500 grams of like available amino acids i'd have to go double check that number because it's been a while since i've looked at those graphs but roughly about the same as carbohydrates fat even the like average lean male has in the neighborhood of uh, 10,000 grams stored, right? So you can use your fat stores for long periods of time, even mm-hmm. if you are already fairly lean. Now, if you're overweight, you know, if you're carrying around 30, 40 pounds of adipose tissue, I mean, you're looking at hundreds of thousands of calories worth or like years worth of excess energy, um, you know. So like if you had you know, 3,000 calorie a day expenditure, which is a lot, and you 300 days a year or 365 days a year, I mean, it's like you've got more than enough fat on board for, you know, to last you for about that long, right? If you're 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight. Um, so we don't really know the minimum fat intake. Um, now, there's some guidelines that we can kind of suggest and be like, hey, this is probably a number you don't want to be below for a extended period of time. And that's about a quarter of a gram per pound, right? So if you're a hundred pounds, you know, you probably don't want to be below 20, 25 grams for extended periods of time. Um, and if you're like 200 pounds, it's about 50, right? So when you're dieting, you can get down that low, um, but you don't want to be below that for extended periods of time. Okay. That, that makes sense. Now, cause I mean, I mean, I remember growing up and like my, my grandma, my mom, every, like it was low fat diets. Everything's gotta be low fat. Everything has to be low fat. And then I remember when I was like in my early twenties, it was everything. It's just low carb. Everything's low carb. Fat's your friend and want everything low carb. 
Um, but, but it's, so that now I think we've come full circle where it, and then it was no protein. I remember that the no protein, but now we've come full circle where it's kind of like a bounce. Um, but I'm starting to notice I, I, it was, you know, low fat, you see a lot of low fat reduced calorie things now. And I've actually started to see no fat things again. Yep. I think that they're starting to bring them back. I'm waiting for the Alestra to come back with no with no fat. That was my oh, Alestra. So, what where are we at? So, what is the? So, I'm I'm sorry, Brad. Did you say? Uh, is there a min like an ideal minimum uh, fat intake? Like, if you had to pick a number, what would you what would you recommend as like a, a ballpark? Yeah, like a quarter of a gram or point two five grams per pound. Okay, I thought you did say that. Okay. Perfect. And then, um, I think that's it. I think that's all I have to say. Maybe if there's, did we cover minimum fat intake? Now, what are what could be some consequences of consuming pretty low fat for an extended period of time? Maybe we'll cover that real quick. Um, me, yes, me. Um, I, I mean, so first, I mean, we need fat, right? It's our, we need it to survive. It's our long-term energy storage. Um, it, it, it surrounds and protects a lot of our organs, um, depending on how much you have could be a, a downside, but hormone regulation is a big one. I know, like, just think of like <clears throat> when, when I've dieted down, when anybody's dieted, you know, you get real lean. And I, I think that the, you know, your testosterone, if you're a natural person, you're getting bodybuilder lean, your testosterone drops and it dro- they drop to castration levels, uh, when you're like at your leanest contest, that's, I went down to, I think I was at 78 was my free testosterone. When I, horrible. I, I was, I was a week and a half out. I got a lab draw or two weeks out. Cause I didn't want to have a, a huge bruise on my arm uh, from the lab draw. But yeah, I was at 78 and prior to starting prep, I was at 650. But did you die? <laughs> yeah, I felt, I felt like it. And, uh, but my fat intake, I think I was at the last three weeks. I just couldn't lose the weight I needed to. And I think the last three weeks of prep I was at, 18 grams of fat a day, including fish oil, including three grams of fish oil. That's pretty horrible. Yeah. Oh, I, I felt like crap. And uh, <clears throat> my cognitive function declined. Um, I was also on real low carbs too. But the uh, the, the hormone level to me in, in a general immediate repercussions, and that was pretty quick. I mean, I went, I could feel it when it happened, when I went down that low um, and, it, and it was pretty fast. And I think that that's the one thing that people don't realize is how much of your how much fat body fat regulates hormones. And oh, I, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that people go, go too low fat way, way too often. Like they, they just demonize fat and I'm sure you can name 400 different, different other things that are going to happen when you go really low fat. But I think, I think that it, in my opinion is, is the biggest one because hormone imbalances are, I think what cause a lot of issues for a lot of dieters and make things not sustainable or cause issues down the road. You know, yep. if you're, if you're dieting and then all of a sudden you bounce back and add in a bunch of fat and you're, and you're eating at a normal rate without slowly ramping up, you just, you're, you're going to spike up with your hormone levels faster than you probably should. And, you know, anybody who's ever done something like that knows that it's not the, uh, you're not the most friendly person to be around when their hormone levels are going up and down like that. We're dirty bird. <laughs> All right. So we have a couple comments. Uh, how would you track meat when you cook some of the fat out? I cook sausage in an air fryer and there's a ton of fat left in the bottom basket. 
Um, I personally would just leave, leave, leave the fat counted in um, and take the bonus calories, uh, take the bonus loss. Um, the only other thing you could do is weigh that fat, weigh it. Um, and then I would, not all of it's going to be fat. You could weigh it and then use maybe half of it as, as fat. But that's, uh, that, to me, that's getting too complicated. I agree. Yeah, I, I would just take the bonus loss. I mean, so, so let's say if you, <clears throat> it, it, even if you fried out, if you air fried it and out of that four grams of fat, four grams of fat came out. I mean, that's where, where you're going to put those extra four grams or, you know. And my Dairy Queen blizzard. Yeah, those four grams are eight carbs. They're not going to make that big of a difference. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about it. People do it, but it's just you're missing the the force for the trees, I think, when you, when people do that. And I've done it. Don't get me wrong. I have done that. I've obsessed so much that I've done that. I've weighed like the the bacon, the grease coming off bacon before, and it's just not worth it. Uh, Veronica said that was a great question. I was thinking the same. Just started using the air fryer. I love my air fryer. Um, you know what's even simpler than using an air fryer, Jay? What? Oops, wrong. What is simpler than using an air fryer? Uh, why do I keep hitting the wrong button? Um, ordering out. Or what's another way you can take care of all of your meal prep needs without ever having to bust out the air fryer? I don't know. If only there was a place that I could just have my meals made for me. What if you could go and have all of your meal prep taken care of and all you no. have to do is no. Nobody throw it in the microwave or just throw it in a skillet real quick or throw it in the oven and it's all set and ready to go? No, nobody does that. That's not true. There is somebody who does that. Oh, no. It's definitely not macro-friendly. It is very much macro friendly. Oh, it it is. It's good then. It tastes phenomenal. I don't Uh, know. The one I had this morning got an 8.5. An 8.5. I love your review. It was very good. Um, (laughs) Yes, you better love my reviews. So if you would like all of your meal prep needs taken care of, if you would like macro friendly meals already cooked, delivered to your door, fresh, frozen, ready to go, Go to motherofmacros.com, use the code MACROS10 to save 10% of checkout, which basically means like you almost get a free day's worth of food. You're like, a free day's worth a of food. Free day's worth of food. I'm basically giving you two free meals. So, ipso facto, you're welcome for me feeding the hungry. You can call me Mother Teresa. I'm fine with that. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. Just having. Having a day, Jay. Yeah, I can tell. I the uh, I like our commercials. We should really film these. If anybody is from Chicago and you've seen the Eddie and Jobo United Auto Insurance commercials, you understand what me and what I what I'm what I like about our commercials. They're two Chicago radio personalities from like the early '90s that still record commercials, and they're his group, the most brutal. Brad, did you ever see the Eagle? Did you guys have Eagle Man insurance commercials out there? Eagle Man. Oh, I'll have to find you a YouTube video. It was like a giant person. So. It was a human being in an eagle costume. And they like, like you'd see a car accident. And then they're like, look, she's dropping her rates. And it would be like the person in eagle costume pooping out an egg. And it would land on the hood of the car and a baby eagle would pop out. It was awesome. It was the worst commercial ever. But anybody from Chicago knows that. So anyways, we will get on to our third and final topic for Final Jeopardy. And that is measuring body fat, our last fat topic when we're talking about fat. And 
Um, there are a lot of different ways to measure body fat. Um, what is the most common one that people do fair? What's the most common way, Brad? Bioelectrical impedance on a scale. On a scale or on the handheld device, I would say it's pretty. The Omrom. What's it called? An Omrom. An Omrom. Isn't that what they're called? I don't know. Give me the BIA. Give me the fat. Give me the body fat measure. The, the Omron. Okay. Or the, um, what's the other one that you can, well, I guess that's just the scale too. Well, no, I've seen them where you stand on the scale and hold the handles up here too. But they're all BIA, right? You just throw. Yeah, they're all bioelectrical impedance. Yeah. So <clears throat> BIA is the most common. I have a BIA scale. It came, mo- I think most modern scales have it built in just because I think the technology is so cheap at this point. Um, do you use one, Brad? I do not use one. Have you ever used one? Mm, yes. Did you find it to be accurate? No. Okay. So <clears throat> this is a scale that is, you stand on it, you hold it, whatever, and it measures the electrical, the speed, the rate at which electricity goes through you, right? Yes. Okay. And it's the most common one. We see people use them all the time. Uh, is it body in scan? In scan is the other one. The what's the uh, in body? In body is the commercial brand. What do you know off the top of your head, Brad? What the accuracy rate of those are? Uh plus or minus five to seven percent is pretty average. Yeah. So that means, are. like, let's say your true body fat percentage is twenty percent. It could read fifteen, or it could read twenty-five very easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is so so if I'm using my home scale or the scale at the gym um or the handheld ones or whatever, what is what is the most important thing for me to get the most accurate results? If you had to tell people using that one thing, what would it be? Um use it as well there's not just one thing because the Right. No, I, I I get it. We're, we'll build off of each other here, Brad. Okay. Back and forth. Okay. The most important thing is to keep conditions the same when you measure it. That's damn it. That's what I was going to say. Now I don't have a task on the yeah. same. Yeah. If you know, if if you're, I I always tell people to use it the same as when as you weigh yourself. Now we're not, don't use it every day. I think that's a bad a bad technique people do. Um, unless like my scale just displays it automatically, so I see it every day, but I don't pay attention to it. Um, I, I would, you know, if, if you're going to the gym and standing on or using their body fat measurement device, then midday, you've already messed yeah, up, jacked it up. Yeah. You, you, you've eaten, you've drank, uh, different, different bathroom habits, different. If you have your clothes on your way, you're way wrong with it. Um, on the, uh, on the scale one. Um, I think that, you know, consistency, if you're doing it. You know, do go to the gym. If you have to go to the gym, do it. Go there, but don't eat or drink anything. Literally, just get up, go to the bathroom, and go and go there and do it. Um, and if you're wearing, if it's a scale based thing, use the same, wear the same thing every day when you go. Um, but how often would you recommend somebody use a, using a BIA device? Um, I would say every, if you want it to give you anything meaningful. Four to six months is about the right time frame. Now, I would say even on bioelectrical impedance, you should follow 
a protocol. Um, here's how I would do it. One, realize it's not absolutely very accurate, um, but it can do a decent job of tracking relative changes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the second one is if it was me, I would like have the, I'd wake up first thing in the morning. I would, you know, wear a minimal amount of clothes. I wouldn't have, I would have used the bathroom. I wouldn't have had water. Like I'd keep all those conditions as minimal as possible. And then I would take somewhere between five and 10 readings and I would write down all of them. Yeah. And I would figure out what is the average and what is the standard deviation. And then four to six months later, I would redo the exact same thing. And I would look at what is the mean change between those and how much error is there. Right. So then if let's say, your average body fat was like 10% here and you had readings from like nine to 12, let's just mm-hmm. say. And then the next one you had, you know, it read eight, nine, 10. Yeah. Let's just say it's, or you, you, it was like your average was nine, but your range was like eight through 11. It'd be like, okay, I may have lost 1%, but it's still within the error of what my scale is telling me. So you can kind of know, a, have I lost any body fat? And B, is it within the error of my test? Yeah. That's really the best way to do it. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's exactly how I do it when I when I do use it and actually am caring about the measurement. I, I, I do that exactly like that. Um, what is the if we'll do the we'll do the recommendation for people to use like like the most common at the end. So what is a, what is the most accurate form of like, and, and I, not, not the most accurate realistic form. What is the most accurate way that we can measure somebody's body fat? So there's only one way to measure body fat. The rest are all estimates. Okay. And the only way to measure body fat is an autopsy. Okay. So you have to take a person. How do, I, how do I schedule that? Um, you gotta call, you gotta call Mr. Grimm <laughs> and ask when you're due and, and he will tell you. And then whenever your appointment with Mr. Grimm, R. Eper oh is, is due and you die, um, you can ask the coroner to measure out all of your body fat and weigh it and then tell you what your body composition actually and, is. And even that, how accurate is, is that really? Oh, that'd be a nightmare. Could you imagine yeah. trying to dissect out all of the adipose tissue, like this sub Q, bone marrow, breast tissue, like all? Yeah. yeah, that'd be a nightmare. Like somebody's done it, though. You know they have. Otherwise, they wouldn't have these comparison models for it. Yep. What is so outside of an autopsy? If if somebody was like, yeah, I'm, I I really really want to know uh, because because first let's be honest. There's really no reason that any, be outside of like a, a an estimate. No, none of us need to know our body fat. Like it's not, it's not a, it's not. You're knowing your weight and your height is more important than knowing your body fat percentage or just plausible deniability. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm at three percent year round. Yeah. What is the most accurate, realistic? What is the most accurate possible way for a living human to get their body fat? Um, doubly labeled water. Okay. And that's probably the the real gold standard. Okay, so can I just buy like no you do can't. water at, 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 at Walmart or no, you don't have an isotope reader. I, I do. I have my own isotope reader. Um yeah, 
Why? Why am I a loser? Because I have an isotope ring. No, you're a liar. You don't have one. No, I'm left-handed. Is that what that means? Because I am. Yes. So where, I mean, what are the, so, but is that, that would be something that only is done in a study or is that something that you could go to like a physician and get done? Uh, doubly labeled water studies are generally research studies. Okay. Um, it's, it's not very clinically useful for most people because the, it's maybe a tiny bit better than the other two, which we would consider like field test gold standards, which mm-hmm. are, um, DEXA scan and, uh, hydrostatic weighing. Um, those are the other two kind of gold standards that are field based and they're maybe a little bit more accurate than double liquid water. Okay. So then which would you recommend? What about, so let's talk about hydrostatic weighing. And, yep. these are, and these are all ones that people can get done, but they're just not as common as BIA. So we'll kind of talk about them all together. Hydrostatic weighing, um, the air displacement or a bod pod and uh, DEXA. Which of those three, if you said this, do if somebody's looking and those are the th- they're like, I'm going to go with the three big ones. Uh, one of the three big ones, which one would you say this one's the most pro- This one is the most accurate. I would say DEXA is going to be the most reliable for people. Okay. Hydrostatic weighing is very uncomfortable and requires you to breathe out all of your air for it to be accurate. And you're underwater. <laughs> yeah, and it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, YouTube. And the bod pod. Bod pod, people say, is reliable, but I have done thousands of bod pod tests on people. Like, personally, I've ran them. Yeah. And we used to calibrate the machine every, like, month or two. Um, and we would have to do like a bunch of intraday tests mm-hmm. and I would like, wouldn't shave, do it in the morning. Then I'd shave. I would wear like change my clothes. I would like use the little breathing tube. I'd not use the breathing tube. And I would see like in a day I would see four and a half percent and I would see 15%. Like that is the level wow. of air I could see just based on changing a few small things. Um, wow. So bod pod is very sensitive to changes. Okay. Um, DEXA is a little bit less because there's like strict protocols you have to follow and it uses completely different technology. It doesn't use air displacement. Yeah. Now DEXA, is that something that we can get done weekly? I would not do it weekly. Because it's an x-ray. So we probably wouldn't want that, right? I mean, if you want a third arm. I mean, that would be helpful to hold the microphone right here while I fidget. I could like just hold it right up to my face or, or I could have like, What? That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Like, let me hold. I could have a third arm to hold my telephone while I'm writing while typing. Yeah. That would be pretty sweet. Maybe I should start getting some Dexas. Have you ever read the King Killer Chronicles? I don't think so. So there's this system of magic in there where it requires you to, like, partition, partition your brains. Yeah. Like, your mind so you can, like, focus on one thing fully and focus on another thing fully. That's what I want to be able to do. I don't care about arms. I just want to like be able to simultaneously discreetly think about like 10 different things at once and like make forward progress. So that my brain just be like, that's called taking acid, Brad. That's what that does for you. Oh, (laughs) I know what I'm doing. And there there goes our YouTube viewership. Well, we just went from five to three. Yeah. So the, uh, and then let's talk about the, the, the realistic ones, the ones we can do, probably the most common, 
not the most. What do you think the most, like overall, the most accurate, most easily accessible, least invasive, safest measurement uh, tool is for body fat? I mean, I'll go, I would I would go skinfold skinfold. I would go calipers when used by somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, but that can feel very invasive to people. Like that maybe feels more invasive than like a bod pod. Um, you know what I mean? Because they're like people are just like grabbing your body and yeah, measuring right. it. See, I like that. I like come up and just like you know grab my pinch me, give me a pinch. Feels like you know love. Um, I honestly like a BIA scale is not great, but it's super yeah. convenient. Um, the in body ones are not bad. Um, what, what about what about just visual? Yeah, what I would say is like pictures mm-hmm. in like circumference measurements yeah. are more than what most of us like and that's probably all most of us actually need yeah i i agree i used to be a big um a big body fat percentage person you know i i, I like bodybuilding i was trying to do it unsuccessfully and the, the everything's about body fat percentage and then <clears throat> once i stopped doing that i found out that i, I realized that I, I i can visually estimate based on looking at other pictures just as accurate as standing on a on a bia scale and i can and I, and I know where I'm at. And then I think after you start doing that, stop focusing on a number and start focusing on, on what you see. Um, overall, you, you really don't care about a number and you just care about being happy with how, what you see in the mirror. Yeah. And I think for most of us, knowing the exact number doesn't really matter. No. Um, no. What really matters is progress. Yep. Yeah. Cause I can tell you when I'll, my goal was, I wanted to get to, I wanted to get to eight, uh, to, uh, Want to get to twelve percent, and then it wasn't really enough. Then I want to get to eight percent, it wasn't really enough, and I, I was probably down to about six percent body fat. And I had I had a DEXA done, and I think I, I think the DEXA came back at at eight point seven percent. I can't remember. I have to, I have the paperwork somewhere, and the uh, and I, I was too I was too lean. I didn't I didn't like how it looked, and I know now from looking at visual visual estimates and knowing myself and knowing the numbers, like. I don't, I don't really, it, it changes. Sometimes I'm really happy with how I look at when I'm at like 10 to 12%. Sometimes I'm happy with how I look when I'm at 15%. Sometimes I'm happy with how I look when I'm at 8%. And I think that that visual estimate is probably the best one overall, especially I think for mental health. It just helps you a lot better. Yep. You don't need to be chasing an arbitrary number. Nope. And that's what, that's what most of us do, especially with some like body fat and, bo- and body weight numbers. They're, who, who cares? Cool. So Actuals. we have a couple. Kristen Hamilton, 10 out of 10, does not rep- recommend an autopsy, laughing face, well, and coaching with tears. <laughs> I'll, dissect, I'll dissect Jay and see what I find in there. Yeah. Yeah. When I, I, I remember when I was doing, when we did our uh, morgue rotation in paramedic school, that was my favorite part of the rotation. It was my favorite part about paramedic school. Doing autopsies, it was it was so cool. I could have stayed in there all day. Um, Joe said, "Yes, I do." Sorry, Joe, I don't remember what that was about, but good. <laughs> in body scan, and that was probably in relation to our comments from earlier. So we have no other comments, Brad. Jay, if people are like, you know what, these guys make sense. I don't need a, I don't need to know my body fat percentage. I just want to make progress and I just really want to be happy with what I see 
when I am looking at myself naked in the mirror. Um, where could somebody go to get some help looking better naked? Um, I would probably go to macrozinc.net. Yeah, that's where I would go. We have a two week forward slash services. Oh, this one, that one, no www though. It's not needed. No, you've, you've chastised me and shamed I'm, me enough. I'm going to put a 401 page, a 404 page on that. And it says when you type in WW and it, it's a picture of me pointing at you. And saying, you don't need the WW. No, no, this is not World War Three. Get it? Because there's three W's. You're so funny. Yeah. What is WWE? I like, what's wrong with wrestling? The same. What if it is? We'd probably get sued. Probably. So uh, go to MaricoZinc.net slash services, and we have a two-week free trial for nutrition coaching. Sign up, fill out your forms, get an intake, uh, get fill out your forms, get a consult with a coach. Um, you get a free copy of My Macros Plus, free copy of My Workout Plus. Um, you get a free ebook. You get to email with me. You get access to our client group. Then you get a coach. You have a relationship and a friendship with a coach. You make a lifelong friend. You make your goals. You learn how to sustain those goals. Everybody's happy, and then you are just a happy person. What if you get? Do you get memes and gifts? Um, in the client group, when you post only, when Brad posts in the client group, you will get unlimited memes and gifts. There, I am the meme king. The meme king. So. We have a couple questions, and then I think we're going to roll. We'll recap, and then we'll roll. Uh, roll out. The anonymous Facebook user from our MacroZinc, uh, MacroZinc Facebook group said, how accurate are cheap scales? I have a fit index scale. It was like 30 bucks. That gave And that gave you body fat, muscle mass, and bone mass. I would say... The absolute measure could be off by plus or minus 8%. Like that's a pretty big range, which mm -hmm. means if you're actually 10, it could give you two and it could give you 18. So you, you, I would not put a whole lot of stock in it. Now, you may be able to use it to tell how hydrated you are. It's yep. one, that's one potential use for it. Yeah, mine, mine gives me uh, – mine's probably 20 years old now. <laughs> And it gives me, uh, yeah, mine's probably, I've probably had mine since I was like 16. And it gives me uh, um, uh, visceral, it, it tells me my visceral fat, my hydration status, uh, gives me a bunch of stuff, all things which are, I'm sure, extremely not accurate. But they are interesting to see. I, I, they do trend down appropriately when they should. So, Jay, I think you should get a specific gravity reader and you should check your hydration status of your urine every day. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Just see what Lisa says. Yeah. Whatever. The, uh, when I used to work at the hospital and we used to have to take, test the, uh, calibrate the machine, the, the, for the urine dipsticks on people, they ran out of the calibration fluid once and they were like, I'll oh, just pee on it and see if it's working. So we would just pee in the thing and put our, like, use our own, use ours because we were like, Oh, we're healthy. That's not, it doesn't like looking back. Wow. That didn't calibrate anything. Those things were way wrong. <laughs> what were they doing? That's why you, you don't have crazy. That's why you don't have like nineteen-year-old paramedics like calibrate medical equipment. Weird. Yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> Especially when you've never been trained on it. Like just 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 do this. Just pee on it, it's fine. Yeah, I don't. 
understand that at Sounds all. Sounds like a jellyfish thing. <laughs> now all I can think of is that Friends episode. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. Well, so let's recap real quick. Fish oil. How much fish oil per day should people take, Brad? Three to five grams of a high-quality fish oil that gives them 1.8 grams of DHA and 1.2 grams of EPA. Perfect. Um, there is no established minimum fat, daily fat intake, but if you had to make a recommendation, how much would they take in per day? Uh, 0.25 grams per pound would be your kind of minimum threshold. Minimum. Okay. And if I'm under that a couple days here and there, is that a big deal? Nah. No. Good. Okay. Uh, and measuring body fat, if you had to give, if you had to pick one method, if somebody's like, I want to know how much body fat I'm at and just send it home right now. Like, I want to know where I'm at. What would you recommend they do? Autopsy or bust. What would you, if they were like, oh, I'm just curious, want to see where I'm at. What would you really uh, recommend? I would go get a DEXA. A, de- a DEXA? Okay. And the reason I would do that is it gives you more information than just your body fat. It'll give you a little bit of an idea of kind of distribution. It'll give you a little bit of an idea of um, muscle mass, which I think for people knowing their lean mass number is more important than their fat mass number. It will also give you information on bone mineral status. Um, Like if I'm going to go get a body comp test done and I have to go spend an hour of my day doing something, I want to get as much useful information as possible. And a DEXA scan gives you a lot more than just how much body fat you're carrying. Good. I agree. And it, let's say I, I say I'm not spending money on that. I just want to know what number of body fat I'm at. Would you recommend calipers, BIA, or visual? I would say calipers would probably be next. Okay. Perfect. It's probably, it's probably your best bet. Cool. And then we got one question that just came in. Good question. Any brand recommendation for fish oils or doesn't it matter? Um, I usually give the same two recommendations, uh, and it's usually SFH. Mm-hmm. And Pure Farmer. Okay. How about like the Vitamin Shop or GNC brands? As long as they have enough DHA yeah. and EPA, then you're probably fine. I just yeah. recommend those two because I know what's in them. Yeah. Um, and they're all cold pressed and pretty high quality. Yeah. And, and the, the Vitamin Shop brand, because that's the one I use, they do, they have like three different capsules out there. You got to be careful of them. But they're big, the biggest size capsule they make, the biggest physical capsule, has the exact right ratio in there of that that fits it perfect for that one. For I think it's six pills equals exactly three grams at 1.8 and 1.2 um, DHA and EPA, respectively. So... That one, and I, I, I personally, with all supplements, I'm a big fan of, of GNC and Vitamin Shop brand names because if there was an actual problem, these giant corporate supplement companies come and go. These two huge giant companies that have been around for decades would be sued left and right. Yeah. Uh, what, was, what was the second name of that brand again? The brand? Uh, SFH and Pure Pharma. Pure Pharma and what? SFH, like S-F-H. stronger, faster, healthier, something like that. Okay. And can fish oil go rancid? It can. So keep it in the fridge and keep it um, out of light. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, guys, we will be back tomorrow. If you have a question we didn't get to, make sure you make a post in the group. Tag Brad Morgan. He will get to it shortly. Um, 
will there be a transcript? Somebody just asked watching at work, will there be a transcript? Uh, you can go to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page and that the, those are both transcribed uh, live while we're doing this. Our Facebook group is not transcribed while we're doing this. So you can go there and there is a, um, there's a captioned version of these there. Boom. All right, guys, we are out. We will see you tomorrow and have a good one. All right. Same macro time. Same Same macro channel. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of MI Live, a podcast from Macros Inc. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate it. Until next time.